0: Welcome to Sleepless in St. Cunard, where nostalgia replaces REM cycles. I'm Kitty. And I'm Ange. And we haven't slept in 30 years. This is a podcast about the 90s classic cartoon Darkwing Duck, where time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the turtle, aka we are back, Ange, telling me about the literal comic misadventures of the boom studio run of Darkwing Comics. What's on the menu today, Ange? How many tiny ties are in it? How many tentacle duck people are in it? How many hearts will be broken?
1: How long can we keep going like this? So many good questions, and I don't even know if I have an answer for you, except for the last one. There, There's a lot of broken hearts, especially okay. Quacker Jacks. Oh, torn into tiny little pieces. Today, we are covering the uh, annual, which is, I didn't know what annuals were. I had never heard of them before this, but it's like a special edition comic that gets released once a year that has like an extra longer story or two in it. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of them before? I have
0: not. I'm also not like a huge comic person, so don't be too surprised.
1: Yeah, like I don't know if this is like super common in the comic book industry, but that's basically what this was. It was written, It it is not in continuation with the current stuff that we've covered uh we've covered duck knight return crisis on infinite dark wings and foul disposition and i think timeline wise this was released actually during the foul disposition arc just before issue 10 was released so i think it takes place either before or after foul disposition but it doesn't really matter because it's not related at all okay And there's two stories. I wasn't sure if we could split it up into two episodes because every time I do a comic episode, I fly way too close to the sun and it ends up being three (laughs) hours long and then I have to post-edit it and put in like a thing at the end that's just me saying that it's too long and then head into the next one. But... An alarmingly calm Ange (laughs) after all the ranting being like, hey, we had to split this
0: up for everyone's sanity.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, my sanity, whatever is left of it. But thing is, is that it's it would be very unbalanced because Toy With Me was 24 pages long and then The Untimely Terror of the Time Turtle is only eight pages long. So I feel like there'd be next to nothing. It's uneven. It's uneven. One episode would be longer and the other would be really short probably. So I think we should just, whatever whatever may come, whatever may be, that's what we're walking into here.
0: We're doing it, and when, and while you're you're talking, I'm just gonna draw my own representation of the time turtle because I would I
1: like, like to like this know this what you think of the time, time turtle.
0: I think he's gonna be, like Flava Flave, <laughs> but a tiny little turtle.
1: I will give you a little bit of information about the stories. Toy with Me was written exclusively by Ian Brill, and it was drawn by Sabrina Alberghetti. Okay. Uh, so only I think this is the only issue that was drawn by a different artist, and that's because The Untimely Terror of the Time Turtle was written by none other than Tad Stones.
0: Oh! Yeah,
1: and it was drawn by James Silvani. So James did one part of the annual, and Sabrina did the other part. Oh, so that's fancy.
0: So James got to work with the man, the myth, the legend. Indeed. To my, my darling, the time turtle.
1: And I'm going to start with Toy With Me because, I guess, chronologically, when you read the annual, it's the first story. But also, it kind of ends on a downer, and the time turtle is a little more uplifting and fun, so I want to end on a happier note. Okay. Works for me. Do you know anything about the Toy With Me? Because I'm sure you've probably heard stuff over the years from the fandom talking about this particular story.
0: Um... I know that there is a girl in it that people seem to like or hate and she's got red hair and she is Quacker Jack's girlfriend.
1: But, oh, but sorry, we'll,
0: yeah, spoilers.
1: <laughs> we'll get there, but you're you're correct. Uh, okay. And you basically covered like the two, what were probably the most controversial points
0: of the story. Quacker Jack
1: Fox.
0: Uh (laughs) Until he doesn't. Oh god. Yeah. That's that's a comic guy early for you, Ange. Get it out of the way.
1: Oh my god, it's just. I will say the art style for Toy with Me, I really like it. It is very adorable, and it just it really suits the Darkwing Duck. I don't know genre personality mm-hmm. I don't know I'll I'll have to send you a few pictures later of some of the panels because I, I don't know I like Sabrina's style overall I like she's drawn like a Darkwing Duck fan art in the past and it always looks fantastic so very nice visuals but the story itself is basically like you said when it comes to like one of the characters people either seem to really like the story or they seem to really hate it so, I wonder where I will fall. Wonder away. Okay, okay. We'll get started. So, this story basically follows Quacker Jack and a bit of his time at Quackworks back when the Duck Knight Returns was going on. And it was before that, the events, or it does a flashback to what happened leading up to this point. So, the cover for the annual. Is a parody of the killing joke, you know, when the Joker is holding up a camera. With camera.
0: I gotta mm-hmm. say, that is a
1: pretty dark parody <laughs> to do. Yeah, it's not yeah, that's um kind of a deep one. And it's oh. Darkwing Duck's reflection in the camera lens. <laughs> I don't know what the implication is there, but just what I know of the killing joke or learning about the Killing Joke actually after I read this comic, I was like, oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's not a it's not a great one for Barbara. No. And then there's a second cover, which is just Darkwing Duck, in the similar style as the Killing Joke cover. And then it's followed by the most bizarre piece of artwork that Tad Stones has probably that I have seen him draw. And it's just a one page spread of the fearsome five and darkwing and launchpad and goslin but it's kind of like one of those children spot the what's wrong with it okay for example quackerjack you know the two bells on his hat one of them is a hamster and a ball and the other is a bell okay bushroot has money for hair and money for hands negadeck has eyes on his hat oh boy There's a squid inside the liquidator. I made a friend! (laughs) And the squid looks like it's strangling something. I think it might be a boat or another creature of some sort. Is it... is he big? Like, is this a big
0: squid, or is this just like a squid taking out its wrath on some bath toys?
1: It might be a bath toy, actually, now that you mention it. It's small. It's a small squid. Small enough to fit inside the regular-sized liquidator. Oh a little scamp. And Megavolt is standing in the liquidator bathing himself and he's not wearing shoes uh, and we get a shot um, of his human feet. What? No. I was
0: okay with all of that up until that very last part. So Megavolt is bathing in the liquidator with his gnarly human feet. Um and Tad drew this? Yes.
1: But wait, there's more. Oh, no, I don't, oh. Oh, yeah, Negaduck's wearing a bow tie. It's not a tiny bow tie, but it is a bow tie.
0: Well, bow ties are kind of tiny, unless it's like one of those big clown ones.
1: It's like a, a regular black bow tie. Oh, classy. Okay. Also, the, the blackbirds from Dumbo appear to be nesting in Bushroot's butt. <laughs> I, w- I don't know okay. if it's his butt per se. It's like a nest that's like right at his waist level. Oh, oh, and Quackerjack is a spring, and he's in a potted soil thing. What do you call it? Plant pot. Yeah,
0: yeah. We'll we'll say that.
1: <laughs> um, okay. All right.
0: No questions. Uh, no comments. Goslin's pigtails.
1: Normal. Are...
0: You're so. How big is this thing?
1: <laughs> it's just got a. It's like, it's like almost like a Where's Waldo. It just has a bunch of them in there at once. And Goslin's pigtails are brooms. She's firing off a plunger made out of a pencil and a comb. Darkwing Duck is wearing briefs, as in the underwear. Hmm. Okay. Launchpad <laughs> is wearing. Uh, what are those shoes? The, the, you know, no you don't because I'm being too vague um, Converse shoes, Crocs. he's wearing oh, Converse Con- okay. shoes and he's got a life uh, a life preserver around like his neck to see, I would like to see a lunch wearing Crocs <laughs> but then you'd have to see his real feet oh wait, I guess his we kind of see feet. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we see his feet regularly, don't we yeah, it's basically he, he just has boots shaped like his feet That's Uh, to say they're not just mud. uh, And also, Goslin's wearing socks with sandals. Oh, okay. That's
0: a lot going on here.
1: There's a a lot more, but I won't get into it all because it's too much for for something that we haven't even started the actual story yet. So. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Toy with me. Our story begins in some sort of work office. And... There's a shot of a kitchen table with some Wiffle Boy merchandise on it and some Wiffle Boy trophies. It turns out that this seems to be the work office of a chicken rooster man named Mr. Mandelbaum. I'm not sure if that's like a reference to anything in particular. I googled it and all I got was Seinfeld and like a character on Seinfeld. So probably I don't know. I have no idea. But he's talking to someone who is very obviously Quacker Jack in a trench coat wearing glasses. And Does he still have like the jester hat on? I think it's under directly underneath his hat that he's wearing. It's like the trench coat that Negaduck was wearing in Let's Get Respectable, essentially.
0: Okay. I just I didn't know if we were doing like naked Quackerjack <laughs> with his weird little tuft of hair thing. Oh, okay. he's bald. Oh he is okay. I just I guess I was just being kind. <laughs> Give him a little tough to hair.
1: Or you were just too traumatized from seeing him bald and your your memory just had to write over it.
0: As happens quite often.
1: So Mr. Mandelbaum is talking to him and he says it does me good to take this old thing out to tinker around with. Thanks for suggesting I do, er what's your name again? And he's pulled out I don't know if you remember Quacker Jack's debut episode, which was Wiffle While You Work. Mm-hmm. But there was a ray in it called the Molecular Digitizer, and that was what hit Darkwing, and then he got sent into the Wiffle Boy game.
0: Yep, 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 yep. And That was a, a beautiful bonding episode between Goslin and Drake, where Drake treated her very well. <laughs>
1: And respected her I can't wait to talk about that episode when it crops up <laughs> but yeah so he's pulled yeah. it out he's the creator of the Mo- molecular digitizer so quackerjack says I'm Jack I remember you visiting the quackworks toy department to do some consulting work Mr. Mandelbaum the wiffle boy people may not see any need for the molecular digitizer anymore but I think the ability to transport matter into video games is still amazing Rooster Man says, you can call me Aloysius. Oh, Aloysius. I noticed that when Ian Brill writes the stories, he doesn't, the names aren't really like duck first related. Like, you know how usually when there's a pop culture reference, they take it and they turn it into a duck related pun. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really do that. They're references, but they're not really, I don't know, they don't quite fit. He says, all the things I did for them, what I gave them. We conquered the competition because we dreamed of what they never could. This baby saved a bundle on programming costs. We could move at a speed no one else possibly could. Then things moved too fast. They got rid of me. No need for an old inventor anymore. Now they're raking in the millions with World of Wifflecraft, where anybody who plays gets to be Wiffle Boy. And then quackerjack with his little glasses and trench coat is putting a supportive hand on his shoulder and looking concerned and then immediately shoves him over on the ground and starts beating him up there we go (laughs) and then he rips off his disguise and shoots him with the molecular digitizer and says (laughs) and he says oh there will be changes all right big changes for you And then the guy gets shot and goes, no, what's (laughs) happening to me? And he turns into a toy doll. That's from the digitizer? Yeah, because Quackerjack basically convinced this guy to bring it out and then work on it. And I guess change some stuff around and then was like, ha ha, it was all a trick. Mm. Okay. All right. All right. And then he whips out his new, new Mr. Banana Brain which is not the same one from The Duck Knight Returns that was, like, full of hate and wires. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is like, Banana Brain 3.0, and he is very sharp and spiky, and I feel like this was meant to be a metaphor that this isn't your regular kid's comic anymore. Everything is edgy. Get it? Is this one made of metal, too? Yes.
0: Okay. Like, they're not a very good source of iron, though.
1: so quacker jack says to him but his invention is exactly the thing we need to introduce to the new quacker jack brand toys right new mr banana brain and then he says in what i assume is banana brain's voice because the text is yellow says with over 12 million subscribers we'll have the market all to ourselves because uh in present day Saint Canard, the rage now is World of Wifflecraft, which is an online MMO where everybody goes on and I guess plays Wifflecraft. Okay.
0: So oh, I would just like to say I feel like this Banana Brain should be Junior, Mr. Banana Brain Junior, instead of New Mr. Banana Brain. And um, yeah, that's that's my 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 uh, big contribution right now. I'd like to hear Continue. your reasoning on this. Um, because it's more fun. And new Mr. Banana Brain uh, just makes it seem like Mr. Banana Brain is replaceable. Which I don't think he would have been for Quacker Jack, personally. So that would be uh, an easier coping mechanism to just believe that they were descendants of the original <laughs> Banana Brain. So there was the... Metal Terminator one in the second one, so maybe he would have been Junior. This could be the third, Mr. Banana Brain the third. I like
1: it. Yeah, thank you. A TED talk. (laughs) Not a TED talk. A legend foretold. Okay, (laughs) so Quackerjack puts down the Mr. Mandelbaum doll on the table and he says, everyone addicted to their precious video games will be in for a real surprise. They won't know what to think. That is, if they can even think when I'm finished playing. Ha 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 ha! Evil laughter. Um, He's up to no good. Uh, I, I know.
0: I know. We, we don't know his plan yet, but I'm just gonna uh, spitball it here and say that he is going to somehow turn everybody playing their video games into
1: dolls. Ding ding reason. ding. Yes. Yes. So we move on to Darkwing Tower. Uh, for some reason, Darkwing already has the Mr. Mandelbaum doll, and he's inspecting it under a magnifying glass, and he's quickly deduced that it, Mr. Mandelbaum is, in fact, a toy, which I think is a little too competent for DW, honestly.
0: Yeah, I guess we don't really know how he got to this point, though, so it could have been, it's like three months and five days later, and he finally is like, wait a second, this isn't his doll. It is him as a
1: doll. Isn't he a doll? (laughs) There is a little thing at the top that says later, dot, dot, dot. So it is a vague timeline. Open-ended. Yeah. Then he goes on his long exposition, because these comics really love the exposition. Ever since he hit the streets again, Quacker Jack has been more and more ruthless, stooping to lows we've never seen him stoop to before. That security footage of him taking out that crime bot was disturbing enough, and the way he treated his former ally, Megavolt, was worse. With someone that sinister having access to this type of terrifying toy, tinkering everyone is at risk. Simple by the book, Heroics won't cut it this time. I wonder if my St. Canard crime files list anyone close to him we could question about his current whereabouts. And then Launchpad comes in and is like,
0: Gee DW? I'm not sure. Seems to me Quackjack spends most of his time talking to that creepy little doll of his. Oh my God, is Terrence McGovern here,
1: right now?
0: It <laughs> oh, was beautiful.
1: I, oh, I was gonna add like a stupid <laughs> duh at the end, and decided, <laughs> <laughs> and decided I was being too unkind to Launchpad. Aw, oh, he's
0: used to it. So just remind me now, that throwaway thing about Megavolt made me think of it. So the last time we did see the the, the four, they were dropped out of a trap door in Taurus Bulba's inexplicable, floating, whatchamacallit, blender fortress.
1: Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. And they're referring to, specifically with Megavolt, I think that was when he used Megavolt as a battery for his jet or there was a point in time where he plugged Megavolt in and used him as a battery. Okay. I just didn't know if there was something specific
0: or that's just a a vague thing. They're like, oh, and he's been doing other bad stuff we're not going to elaborate on. Just very bad eh? things.
1: And then Darkwing basically comes to the conclusion. He's like, oh, what about that doll that he's always talking to? He lost the original one a while ago. If we could get our hands on it, like, he's basically thinking that maybe if they get Mr. Banana Brain and bring him to Quacker Jack, it'll get him to, I guess, I don't know. I guess they want to lure him out, essentially. But he can't remember the name of the doll. So he says, "Lunchpad, get me a pile of fruit and a book on anatomy. Oh, Sounds like a date. <laughs> oh,
0: my goodness. So, Okay. So he's like if we get him the OG Mr. Banana Brain we can basically lure him into having a
1: chat is that, is, or he's just going to make his own Mr. Banana Brain his exact words are perhaps we can draw the heinous harlequin out into the open
0: so they're just going to dangle a banana in a little two-piece Bart Simpson getup <laughs> well um like a like on a fishing hook flop over (laughs) okay it's a solid plan i like it
1: great plan well we get to darkwing has a table filled with fruit and it says moments and 56 dollars and 38 cents in grocery bills later which is very expensive for all that fruit i mean angie it's one banana what could it cost ten dollars well, there's tons of fruit on the table cuz he can't remember what Mr. Banana Brain was. He can't remember what species of fruit he was. Oh, I see, I see. So he has all this fruit across the table like pineapples and tomatoes and he's saying, "Was it Mr. Tomato Eyes? Mr. Cucumber Nose? Mr. Lemon Head?" And Lunchpad is reading a book on gray feather's anatomy. And is looking very intelligent and thoughtful about this process. Well,
0: it does. It does uh, concern his one true love, food? Just food. Yes, that is
1: my one true love as well.
0: You know what? You guys are adorable together. <laughs> Wish you nothing but the best.
1: Thank you. Okay. So we head on over to Wiffle Boy Entertainment, which I guess is the studio where they make the game. And we see little a- WBE. Yeah. And we see this stressed, overworked programmer and his manager standing behind him saying, it's not that your ideas are bad, it's just that they're not right for where we see Wifflecraft going this quarter. And the guy's just like, uh-huh. Anyways, a massive crate arrives in the center of the studio, and its it says, to Wiffleboy Entertainment from Admirer. And then naturally it... Bursts open, and Quackerjack is inside with the molecular digitizer, and he just starts shooting everybody. Oh no! <laughs> the players have become the playthings. Oh. <laughs> Let's be real. Based on what I hear about the gaming industry, this is probably the first rest, of, and like the only break that they've had in forever
0: yeah they get to take a a break from crunch and just chill yeah flop around
1: just flop around so quacker jack says creators of world of Wifflecraft, purveyors of pixelated poppycock i do believe it's playtime
0: so this is as he's shooting them or after he shot them all already and he's just talking to a (laughs) bunch of stuffed animals i'd buy either either's fine i'm just curious
1: uh, there's still a bunch of employees screaming and running around, panicking, and he's standing on the molecular digitizer while screaming at them. Okay. You know, standard, just quackerjack things.
0: You know, you know, you know how you do. Just basically the five o'clock
1: stretch at the,
0: uh,
1: at old WBE. Mm-hmm. So we go back to Darkwing. Launchpad's asleep with the book on his head, and Darkwing's like, Mr. Rutabagger? Forehead? And then a voice off screen shouts Mr. Banana Brain and Darkwing's like yes that's it but why did my voice sound like goslin's for a second and then we see that goslin and honker clearly the smarter of the the group here figured it out a long time ago and they also are on the internet unsupervised might I add and are bidding on the original Mr. Banana Brain because it's up on an online auction site. They don't give it a clever name or anything like that. And Honker is at the computer saying, I'm getting outbid. So is this the banana brain that was sewed back together from its thousands of pieces? It really is? Yes. It's all stitched up? Yeah, it's all stitched up. And here's the part that doesn't make sense to me. The seller is named Sparky99. Which implies that it's Megavolt, but he hates the name Sparky. He would never use that as his username.
0: I mean, who's to say that he created his account and he probably doesn't know how to fix it.
1: <laughs> that's that's Maybe Quackerjack made it for him a little while ago. I don't know.
0: I, Quackerjack made the name and the Liquidator is the one that keeps posting all the items. Oh my god, could you imagine an online auction with Liquidator-like descriptions? It'd be fantastic
1: really would be. So the current bidding for this original Mr. Banana Brain, as it's called, is $85.98 US. And then we get a panel of Darkwing repeatedly bidding over and over again, and then he gets outbid, because he clearly is not very good at online auctions. And then,
0: they're like- I'm just glad that Hunger got to keep his his allowance.
1: This is my favorite part. (laughs) So uh, they're like, oh, no, like somebody else won Mr. Banana Brain and we need to figure out who it is. And Honker immediately doxes her and is like, I found her. Do you want the address? (laughs) Damn, Honker really wanted that Mr. Banana Brain.
0: (laughs) He's like, let's go to her house and kill her. Wait, I mean, talk to her.
1: Don't mess with Honker. He can apparently just figure out your address and everything just from you bidding on stuff online. Honker's going to be a problem when he's a (laughs) grown-up. I believe in Honker. I believe in... Just because he
0: doesn't use his powers for evil doesn't mean he doesn't have them. This is true.
1: So we're back to Quackerjack at Wiffle Boy HQ, or WBE. Uh, He's kidnapped several of the game programmers that he hasn't turned into dolls, because he needs them to alter the game code so that the molecular digitizer will turn all the players into toys. Like you guessed immediately at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, he threatens to shoot their families, so slow down there, QJ. How's he going to get there?
0: (laughs) He's just going to ship himself to all their houses in appropriately labeled crates one by one. I guess, you know, he probably would. He He probably would. would. Someone would catch on eventually, but it would take an embarrassingly a, a long time. The St. Canardians to catch on.
1: Oh, St. Canardians. And they're like cowering under a couch, no, under a desk, looking terrified while he threatens their loved ones. And then we go back to Darkwing, who has arrived at the house of the person who bid on the Mr. Banana Brain doll. And he's like, Cover me, LP. This could be some vile, villainous cretin that bought Mr. Banana Brain. Who knows what plans they could be concocting for such an icon of crime? And then the door opens. And we see the woman that you mentioned earlier. And she says, oh, goodness, Darkwing Duck. What a pleasant surprise it is to have a celebrity drop by. I'm Claire. Would you like some cake? And Darkwing's like, come on, (laughs) Launchpad. They have cake. He's won over immediately.
0: (laughs) That was easy. She's like, oh, hey, I know exactly who you are. And I'm I'm very much a nice lady. Why don't you come inside and eat? He's like, "Okay." That's exactly (laughs) what happens. Best friends instantly.
1: Also, it's not stated in this comic, but I know for an absolute fact that her full name is Claire Conscience. A little factoid for those of you who want some neat inside background information on the comics. Right from the Ange's mouth. They're sitting with Claire in her living room, eating cake. It's all true. Yeah, it looks like a pretty delicious cake. It's pink on the inside. hmm <laughs> And... I guess, white on the outside, which feels like the reverse of a cake.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It could be like a strawberry cake with like a cream cheese icing. I could get behind
1: that. Yeah, I really want some cake. But he says, Claire, we've learned that you've come into possession of an item that is vital to an ongoing investigation. And she says, you mean Mr. Banana Brain? Gee, I'd love to help you, but I'm afraid it's a gift for my boyfriend. And he's like, uh, boyfriend? And then she whips out a photo of herself with Quacker Jack, and he's in his full, like, Quacker Jack outfit, holding her hand in this cute little <laughs> portrait. And she says, yeah, my boyfriend, Jackie. Well, ex-boyfriend, it's complicated. And Darkwing's response, which is probably the response of every person on the planet who first read this, was a great big yowza. <laughs>
0: Uh, that, that was verbatim what I was about to say. <laughs> but also I like the implication that it's like Quacker Jack and Claire went to, you know, like a JCPenney's portrait place <laughs> and just were like, we need to take own engagement p- portraits because we're in love.
1: The best part is she appears to be sitting in the chair in her living room in the photo. So who took the photo? Um, Megavolt?
0: The cake. <laughs> the cake. <laughs> the erection. See, the cake was actually sentient, and they're eating it now, and uh, she is a monster.
1: So Darkwing is losing his mind, of course, and he says, (laughs) How exactly do you get Quackerjack as a boyfriend? Where did you meet? And Claire goes into their little cute flashback, which is kind of funny, because he asks how they met, and then... she doesn't even proceed to talk about that. She just does, like, a general flashback talking about his time at Quackworks. And, like, she's not even in it at all. She's not in the flashback. (laughs) It's like, shut up. I'm going to tell you about this instead. What are you, a cop? So, yeah, and she says, I know of your past with Jackie. I know how difficult he could be sometimes, but he can be really sweet when he wants to be, said every woman who picks a terrible partner ever in the you world. You don't know him like I do. Yeah, no kidding. So she says my plan is to reunite him with the original Mr. Banana Brain in hopes that it'll remind him of better times. And then Darkwing's like, <laughs> better times? When he was only committing petty larceny, you mean? It's like, that's that's fair. That's actually a really fair point. But also,
0: so she, she met Quacker when he was in Quackworks. They worked together. They were employees there. After the original Mr. Banana Brain was shredded,
1: right? Uh, I'm not... Let me think about the timeline. Yeah, I guess that would be after because Negaduck was still loose before the Quackworks stuff, and then he yeah. got caught. So, yeah, Mr. Banana Brain was shredded at this point.
0: Uh-huh. But how, does she, how would she know? I think was better before. I don't know. I'm. I know. I'm digging for questions that don't have answers. That actually, that's no, a, that's,
1: that's actually a legit good point. Because the whole idea with the first comic, like the first issues that introduced Quackerjack again to us, he he was he was bonkers. not. He, yeah, he was bonkers. Like he just wasn't himself, and it was implied that because Negaduck ripped up Mister Banana Brain, he'd become kind of unhinged. But if this happened after that, why would he be, like, working at Quackworks and being all happy and stuff? Yeah. Continuity? I don't know her. Yes, and I guess technically the first storyline was originally planned by Aaron, and since this story is exclusively Ian Brill, it could just very well be that, like, he's just making his own rules.
0: Ian Brill is just stroking our hair and going
1: shut up so she goes into her flashback and she says when I first met Jackie he was truly on a brighter path but that path got diverted and I won't go into the whole flashback because it's a whole lot of words I don't like it when comics get a little too talky I'm, I'm kind of of the opinion that you should show not tell and even in comics you know you don't have to put words everywhere but basically, they put him in the toy department at Quackworks, and he was thriving because he's good with toys, and uh, he had lots of ideas for the toys, and he even made friends with his co workers. But then she goes on and says if any of those friends even appeared to get close to anyone from upper management, Jackie immediately resented it. He was insanely paranoid that they were stealing his ideas.
0: Why would Quackworks have a toy department, number one? Unless they're like the Amazon of, you know, shell companies, because it was basically just all an operation for Taurus Bulba to get some kid to scream some words, apparently. And why would they put Jack there? (laughs) It seems like poking the bear a little bit there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and so Quackerjack became very unhinged because he had all uh-huh. these fresh new ideas and the higher-ups kept shooting him down and Quackerjack's like, well, I have better ideas. Why is no one listening to me? And then we get this panel of like him lying with his head down on his desk, staring off into space like he's dead inside and it just slowly zooms mode. in on him in every panel. <laughs> mood, like mood. And uh, she's basically a psychologist at this point, giving us the full exposition on his psyche, which is that he would see others get promoted, people who knew how to get ahead in that environment. Let's face it, people who played well with others. Jackie has a great sense of self that turns bad when he makes everything about himself. He saw others' success as a rejection of him. There was no other place to go. What could he do? The job was just making him angrier and angrier. After a while, he just snapped. Oh, he's like incel quackerjack? <laughs> I mean... Is, is she actually a psychiatrist? No, I think she was, was just... That a, you just... No, okay. she's not. She's just an employee. That's why I found this kind of funny. Because basically, what I got out of this <laughs> is that he obviously... Ian, when he was writing this, he had an idea for what's going on with Quackerjack, and he just had her give us the whole breakdown <laughs> through her exposition.
0: Well, tell me a bit about yourself. Well, this is what Quackerjack was doing one day at his desk. He was just seriously stared into space super hard. And, oh yeah, but how did you guys meet? And then he was getting really mad because people kept getting promoted. I was just asking because it would have been a bit of like a Harley Quinn Joker thing if she was his therapist, which... <laughs> Could have been, you know, a fun angle, but uh, nope. We said nope. Uh, this is just a woman who was hiding in the cube next to him, staring at him all day long, and eventually decided to talk to him.
1: I think so. And also, despite all of what she's described, she's like, yeah, but he's sweet and nice, but nothing about him. In this particular environment, he, he sounds like the worst co-worker ever. Those coworkers who think they know better than everyone else, and they get mad when other people thrive and are doing well, and they're not. What part of any of that makes him good boyfriend material?
0: Well, not uh, necessarily a franchise for good boyfriend material. <laughs> the exception of, of Herb Modelfoot, who I'm sure was an amazing boyfriend.
1: I'm sure he was too. Meanwhile, the doorbell rings. And she goes, oh, that must be what I won, which is kind of weird because she would have won it in the auction a few hours earlier. But I guess yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if it's in the city, if it was sold in the city, maybe there's like express delivery. Um, oh, and here yeah, you go. I... Here's some continuity for you. Okay. She says, wow, I never saw it up close. Only in Jackie's scrapbooks.
0: Okay. All right. So she was just endlessly trolling eBay. For the eventuality of somebody posting, throwing uh, back together Mr. Banana Brain. Indeed. Okay.
1: And then she says, all that anger, that rage, it might have helped him if he wasn't also hurting from his old friend being taken away from him. To be fair, he wasn't taken away. He was just kind of ripped to shreds.
0: I mean, if Megavolt could sew him back together, anybody can.
1: That's true. I assume it's Megavolt. We'll never truly know.
0: I, I want to believe it was like a group effort. <laughs> it was like Megavolt would try to sew it together and then everybody else would have to keep undoing it. It was basically just bushroot undoing everything that anybody else had done. Probably stuffed with like leaves and a worms. And love. Uh, well, obviously.
1: <laughs> so... Darkwing's like, Claire, it's clear to me how much you want to help Quackerjack, but even before Quackworks, he was a dangerous person to be around. Now it's only gotten worse. And then she yanks the doll out of his hands, and she says, superheroes going back and forth is the life Jackie used to know. There's a better way. And then Launchpad is like, uh, guys, there's something going on right now. And, ugh, this part kinda... You, you can tell this is written by someone who isn't familiar with Netspeak and stuff like that but Launchpad I don't even know what he has there a cell phone or something but they're listening to the news and it says someone's made their way inside the offices of World of Wifflecraft and is making some serious demands and we all know who hates Wiffle Boy more than anything right dad wait that's confusing oh (laughs) Oh, you know what? Gosselin? It's Goslin on the phone. <laughs>
0: oh, okay.
1: I was like, uh, "Excuse me, Launchpad. What are you calling? <laughs> what are you calling Darkwing right now?" <laughs> mm. <sighs> okay, that is okay. I'm I'm looking back at this, and this is just poor setup and writing because Launchpad doesn't even say it's Goslin. He just picks up the phone and he says. I don't mean to interrupt, but you guys gotta check this out, and then he holds up the phone, and the panel is just the phone, but you can't see launchpad, so it looks like he could potentially be talking, so... Mm. And there's nothing there to indicate that it's Goslin or that she's talking,
0: so that's why except it kind for the dad.
1: of... <laughs> yeah, except for the dad. That just kind of... Yeah.
0: Oh my god, what if it's like launchpad's illegitimate child that he's just never talked about?
1: Launchpad. Crack in the Launchpad, we got questions. So, Darkwing deduces pretty quickly that he's got the weapon that turned... What's, what, what's that again? Aloysius? Aloysius. <laughs> mm-hmm. Aloysius. And then this is really random, but Darkwing says, how many people does Wifflecraft employ? And then Launchpad says, I'd say 40, 5,500, give or take a hyphen. And it's like, why would Launchpad know this? Um, well,
0: because Launchpad is a gamer. He plays World of Wifflecraft with his son every <laughs> night. His son's name is
1: Crash... <laughs> Pad. Good try. Good effort. Thank you. So Launchpad's like, Goslin says everyone playing World of Wifflecraft just got a message. OMG, AFK. And Darkwing, the boomer, is like, come again? And then Claire's like, oh no! And she starts freaking out and says they're telling everyone to get away from their keyboards. Whatever Jackie's doing is going to affect everyone playing Wifflecraft. Darkwing's like, uh, you sure that's what that means? And she says, I'm a level 75 orc. I had to keep it a secret from Jackie. This relationship does not sound terribly healthy. No. No, it doesn't. So it's B- afk. It was, yeah, in- oh, it was O M G. Uh huh. away. okay. Uh, all right. So, oh my God, be away from keyboard. From keyboard. Oh, all right. Which usually A F K, that's not really the context that it gets used in, but okay.
0: Well, we'll allow it because why not? Everybody else is making leaps in this. What, who are we to stay stationary?
1: Yes, so Darkwing says, Claire, I promise you I want to stop Quackerjack the right way. Not just this plan. I murder. That's
0: blood slut about my philosophy. I'm stopping bad guys. Slow
1: down there, Dark Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he says, not just this plan, but to end this bitter streak he's on. You've inspired me. And she reluctantly hands over the Mr. Banana Brain doll. And she says, save the world, Darkwing. And he says, I'll do better than that. I'll save a man. Okay. So we're coming to the end of this comic issue, thing, story. Because it was only 24 pages, which I'm starting to feel relieved about because... (laughs) Boy, howdy. So Quacker Jack is still holding... Everybody hostage, and one programmer lady is like, You're a madman. And he says, Mad, you say? I just have imagination. You've been squeezing it out of people for so long, you probably don't remember what it looks like. And she says, To be honest, I mostly mean you're mad for asking the servers to be brought here. There's so many, it'd be easier to bring your weapon to them. All right, I forgot to mention earlier his plan was he kidnapped some of the programmers, he turned the rest of them into dolls. And he wants them to take all the Wiffle Boy physical servers that Wifflecraft is on and bring Mm -hmm. them to him so that they can code, I don't know, do something to the code so that everybody playing the game will turn into dolls. And she's just like, nah, you're kind of stupid. Why don't we just bring the weapon over to the servers? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bringing logic into this, get out of here. And then Jack's response is to do that thing that villains do where they grab a woman by the chin and they tilt their chin up while they talk to them mm-hmm. dangerously. Do you know what I'm talking about? I sure do. And he says... A cl- the close talk of doom. Yes, and he says, but this is where things really happen. This modern office space at the forefront of irritating technology, this is where the drama is. And then Darkwing crashes through the window And says, couldn't agree more. And then he's got shards of glass in his body. And he's like, ooh, I never did that before. Now I know why. And he's like picking glass out of himself. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. And then he says, I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the noob that spam chats villainy. Oh, Darkwing. Oh, Darkwing. And then he says, I am... And then he whips out Mr. Banana Brain and starts talking through him and says, "'Overdressed for the occasion? Why, Quackerjack, remember me?' And Quackerjack's like, "'What?' And the cold people who are hiding at the desk are like, "'Uh, this guy is the one who's going to save us?' So Darkwing's talking through Mr. Banana Brain to Quackerjack, who has absolutely no idea that it's Darkwing. And Quackerjack says, "'Mr. Banana Brain, you're all better!' Darkwing's like, "'Yes!' I want you to be better, too. Oh, my God, that's too annoying. I can't use that voice. No, it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> okay, hang on. Does he say,
0: oh, you sound different or anything? Do we get one of
1: those? No. Oh, shucks. But that's okay. I-, I do want to imagine that this is Darkwing speaking in his perfect Mr. Banana Brain voice, saying, yes, yeah, of course, I want you to be better, too. Why do you have to be so much meaner these days? What about the good, clean fun we used to have? And then Mr. Banana Brain holds up Banana Brain the third in his hands and kind of looks at it. And then he looks back at the old OG Mr. BB. And then all of a sudden, the bellhops, because for some reason there's bellhops here, roll in the servers. Okay. Okay. I I mean, I assume they're bellhops. They're wearing bellhop outfits. (laughs) Those fancy tech companies, you can't, can't ever take anything for granted. Yeah, and they're like, "Uh, here's your server. And then Quackerjack grabs Mr. Banana Brain and slams him on the ground. He says, your way of thinking doesn't work in today's time, Grandpa Banana Brain. You've got to have a killer instinct if you want to franchise. Did he call him Grandpa? Yeah, he called him Grandpa Banana Brain. There you go. So he is the senior most Banana Brains. There you go. The lineage lives on. And now he seems to have acknowledged that Darkwing is here because he says, as for you, dim bulb dork, let me show you what Quackerjack toys do that other toys just don't. And then he whistles and a bunch of uh, the dolls of the people attack Darkwing and start, you know, the usual ripping him to shreds kind of thing. No, that's one does. And now this is where things kind of, I mean, first time I saw this, I was like, okay, this is kind of stupid. But then I realized, to be fair, this is actually kind of in line with the sort of thing that would probably happen in the cartoon. So maybe it's not all that unlikely and weird. But basically, Mr. Banana Brain and Mr. BB the Third are thrown onto the ground and they're mixed up in the wires of the molecular digitizer. Darkwing has been strapped to, or is being held down on a table by these two tiny little doll people, which I don't know why he can't just fling them off, but he can't. The wires zap both the Mr. Banana Brains and they turn into giant, actual, sentient dolls. They're, like, they're, you know, like, stegmut, comic guy, but bigger, slightly size. Oh. Actually, yeah, no, they're much bigger than that. Like, size relations, what am I saying here? But they're, they're big. Gotcha. And they're sentient, but they're not actual bananas. They're still dolls.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Grandpa BB says, Quacker Jack, old pal, why do you throw me aside like a pile of rags? Don't you miss how things used to be? And then BB the third says, Never mind, he's clearance aisle material. And then <laughs> Mr. BB's like, You want to say that again, bitch? He doesn't <laughs> actually say that, but he. He, <laughs> he should. He says, You want to say that again, rookie? And he punches him. And, uh,. He says, "Rookie, I'm the new blood around here." Well, yeah, that's what rookie means. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Mr. BB the Third picks up Quacker Jack like he's a doll, and he's like, "Isn't that right, Quacker Jack?" That's right. These days, you got to play rough with your toys. And Quacker Jack's like, "Uh." And then there's a tug of war between the two bananas. They're both each have one of Quacker Jack's arms and they're stretching him like he's a stretch Armstrong doll from the 80s. And his dog Fetch. Oh, is there, did he have a dog? He sure did. I didn't know he that. sure
0: did. It was a little dachshund looking thing. Oh, him. that
1: would make sense because if it's a wiener dog, it'd be kind of long and then you could stretch it even longer.
0: Mm-hmm. I did not care for Flex Armstrong, but I, I would have uh, Fetch Armstrong, the little dog thing. I thought he was great.
1: That sounds oh, wonderful. Welcome to
0: We Remember, the 90s Corner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're they're pulling back and forth, and Mr. BB number three says, I think he'll agree that being hard-edged is an idea that's just a little more ripe. And then Quacker Jack screams for help. And Darkwing, I guess, has finally fought off these two tiny little dolls, and he says, hold on, believe it or mm-hmm. not, I'm coming to save you. Believe it or not, I'm coming to
0: save you.
1: All right. And it so is Darkwing. Darkwing jumps underneath Mr. Like, I don't know. He Darkwing dives into the scene. He grabs the molecular digitizer. He shoots the BBs. They both turn back into dolls. And Darkwing walks outside and says, Quacker Jack, I saved your life. It's time to change everything back. Do it for Claire. And then he looks around, and there's nobody around. He's like, and he's gone. I saved your life. And so we come to the last page of this story. First, we see Launchpad and Darkwing are trying to turn back all the employees who are dolls. Launchpad says, so you just jiggle the one switch to turn toys back into people, right? And Darkwing says, right. And Launchpad says, good, because I want to tell Mr. Mandelbaum how much I love his creation. It would be hard to do that when his ears are cloth. I mean, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then we get some over the, what do you call it? Like when it's the narrator text where a person is talking, but they're not in the scene and you get like the little blocks of text. Narration's
0: fine.
1: Yeah, gotcha. Narration, okay. Exposition. So,
0: exposition or so
1: we see Quackerjack at Claire's doorstep. But we see the conversation between Launchpad and Darkwing. So Launchpad says, So DW, if you do catch up to Quackerjack, what would you say to him? And Darkwing says, I've been thinking about that one real hard. I'd say you've always wanted your brand to be the biggest and best. Okay, I get that. Believe me, more than you think I do. But when you only use a mallet to solve your problems, all you see are nails. You become a toy to your own anger. That sort of thinking can't continue. Not when there are people like her out there thinking about you. Which is a little, I don't know, if, that seems a little too insightful for Darkwing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he, he, uh, yeah. In general, he was very not empathetic to his villains whatsoever. No, not even the ones that kind of deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Quackerjack busts out a miniature version of the Molecular Digitizer... It's, like, hand-sized, and he sighs. And then we see Claire inside her house, and she's looking at the door, and something's happening outside. A laser went off. She opens the door, and she goes, Oh, and on the front step is the Quacker Jack doll. And there's a little note with it that says, This is the best I'll ever be, Jackie. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay. best i'll ever be okay that's just how it so, ends that's that's it that's the end okay so it's just kind of like you could get yourself a boyfriend to build a bear these days <laughs> he
1: shoots yeah. himself and turns himself into a doll and he's like i'm better off as a doll because that's the best i can do
0: it, um but like i don't what like, brought him to this point just being tug of war by two banana brains? And then he's just like, you know what? I can't... I just can't do it anymore.
1: Yes. Essentially.
0: I just, he just stops putting whoopee cushions on chairs, <laughs> and what's even the point of life? And, uh... Like, what do you do with that? Like, what does she do with that now? She just like, oh, here's a toy of my ex-boyfriend. Let me put it in my... <laughs> sock drawer <laughs> like <laughs> where do you keep a toy if it's possibly sentient or at least aware toy of your boyfriend
1: yeah it never really <laughs> says if they're sentient because the ones that attacked Darkwing came alive at Jack's mm. command so I don't know if they're conscious or if <laughs> if they're trapped there and they can't do anything but I don't know what to tell you man it's a downer this is a Downer.
0: You know it was also a Downer? Uh, Fetch Armstrong is not as cute as I remembered him being. Oh. I'll put some, some pictures in in the chat for you.
1: I'm sorry to hear that. Let me take a peek. He's got
0: like weird big human oh, teeth. Oh, he's horrifying!
1: <laughs> he's like those Photoshop images of like a dog smiling but with human teeth. <laughs> he is. He is, but it, you can stretch him. A- I don't like that no, part
0: like a pretzel <laughs> like a mozzarella stick with a smile oh no not okay <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it was a, it's a night of disappointment for everybody <laughs> so and also Claire's like I'm really glad I dumped all this money into that banana brain doll my boyfriend's just effectively she didn't uh,
1: even get the doll back I guess now he's all well, he did for a brief moment, and then he threw it on the ground. Yeah, it's just I don't know. This this whole story was very uh, it got a mixed response when it first released because it's definitely meant to be more of like a insightful, serious looking into the psychology of a supervillain and his motivations, and making him more sympathetic by showing how he has a relationship with a regular citizen, and stuff like that. But a lot of people... Well, I'm just going to come right out and say it. A lot of people I'll didn't like it because they gave Quackerjack a girlfriend. And I got to say, giving romantic interest to characters from a TV show that has been long since established is a risky move because Darkwing Duck, at this point, when this was released, what did I say, 2010... So it was, what, 20 something years old at that point? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a long time for fans to get attached to how the characters were in a cartoon. And, you know, they develop their own ideas for the relationships of the characters. A lot of people ship him with Megavolt, they call it Quacker Volt. Toys need batteries, et cetera, et cetera. So, to what is. You know, quote-unquote, a new canon story that brings in a, a new a love interest for him. A lot of people, that doesn't sit well with them. I just think it's a very odd choice for a story in general.
0: Like, there, we don't even know what they were like together, other than one picture where they seem to be happy like, it's just a weird story. It's like, okay, Quackerjack Jack. Like, she, it, it was almost like she didn't need to be in it. Like, it could have been anybody else. Like, it could have been a friend that he made at work that wasn't, you know, romantic. It just seemed like the romantic thing was, was supposed to be shocking. Oh my God, Quacker Jack has is a girlfriend. But it didn't really add anything because we didn't really get to know her as a character, she was just a plot device.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of critics of this story said, which I think is a fair assessment, but it kind of split into two factions. There was the people who don't like Claire, or at the very least, they just don't like her role in this story. And there are the people who, in response to that, became very attached to her and built her up as a character in fan work. And, you know, they're quite supportive of the fact that this new character was introduced. So you get a little bit of, like, it was a very mixed response, and I can see why it was. Um, I remember when I first read this, like, I didn't have a whole lot to think about. Like, I remember reading it, and all I could think at the time was, I know several people who are going to hate this, was my first (laughs) thought when I read it. But I'm not... Uh, like I like Quackerjack I think he's a fantastic villain but I'm not super attached to him so the story wasn't like you know it didn't enrage me or anything but reading it to you now and you know telling you like what she's saying it does sound kind of like a person who's in a really unhealthy relationship and they're like oh but he's so sweet he can be really sweet with me sometimes and then Later, she's like, I can't even tell him that I play video games. I have to hide that from him because he hates video games so much. And then also, you know, she's like, he's so sweet. And then proceeds to go on about how he's paranoid and angry and, you know, can't stand it when other people succeed. I'm like, this doesn't sound very good at all. Yeah,
0: and I, like, I don't really know, I mean, the... Doesn't take a lot for people to get very upset about things uh, as far as fandom goes, but she's kind of just like a blank slate, like mm-hmm. what is what is the point of being upset with this character because she, she's basically just a paper doll. It's just like she's just here. Here's the one purpose that I have. I bought a doll on, on eBay and Darkwing is learning about what happened to Quacker Jack through me. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, how did he survive falling out of the sky that's <laughs> what, that, that's what I want to know well and like, I think
1: when did they date like were they date they, were, they da- were dating when he was at quackworks yeah like she says they worked together at quackworks or they met through quackworks because everybody in the city was essentially an employee there at that uh-huh. point in time but when she goes into the flashback it doesn't show her at all it's just him <laughs> at work which is just funny, because Darkwing's like, how did you two meet? Well. Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. But I'll I will tell it. you, I think you will enjoy the untimely terror of the time turtle. Did you see my my time turtle? No, let me take a peek. Let me open this up. Oh, get- he's so cute. He's got a little... <laughs> watch around his neck a little stopwatch or a pocket watch there and he's got a little hat on his head <gasps> you made his shell clocks I did I love it and I love him saying so it's much turtle time. it's so cute
0: <laughs> that's my time turtle and uh yeah I'll, I'll be sure to rewrite this comic if it's not up to my time turtle standard. <laughs>
1: I will. I, I'm putting this image as the cover for this podcast episode. It's just gonna be this. It should just be the new cover
0: for the podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's turtle time. Oh, it's turtle time. <laughs> I love him. That's beautiful, kitty. True oh, art. So this story, um, like I said, it's only eight pages long. It has time travel in it, as you might guess from the title. So Mm -hmm. it can be a little confusing at first when I go through it, but it all comes together. So as I said, this was written by Tad, and because it's written by Tad, I think it's of all the comics that released uh, from Boom Studios and whatnot, I think this is the one that feels most authentic to Mm. the show. Because it was written by the guy who, you know, created it and wrote episodes for it. So, it's very delightful. So, no. we start off. Goslin is standing in a jungle and she's wearing one of those, what do you call them? like a cobra. Like, Jafar has the cobra staff. She's got a little cobra helmet and a cobra staff. And she says to Darkwing, who is currently being strangled to death by an anaconda, Meet my demands or your snake kibble, you Darkwing dud. I'm talking a full-featured WebTendo Z box game system with 3D goggles and 13 skull crusher speakers. And Darkwing says, I'll get you a giant robot. Install a pizza oven in your room. Anything, just call off your snake. And she says, first, we discuss bedtimes. And then it turns out that she's, she's fantasizing, like this isn't real it's just a daydream drake mallard comes up behind her and he says not in this or any other lifetime they're in a pet store we find out when we realize she's not in the jungle oh she's just
0: fantasizing about how if she had a snake if she could use it to torture her father
1: exactly who hasn't so she says dad you promised you'd let me pick out a pet and he said yeah a pet not a threat to life and limb this place is like a casting call for the carnivore channel and then we see that she was standing right next to the snake tank. There's some parrots. And there's a bunch of cameos in the background, like the spider from James and the Giant Peach. Uh, hmm. I see the two eels from The Little Mermaid. Uh, that I think that, that's one of the dinosaurs for The Land Before Time, maybe? Oh, no, no, that's Joanna, egg stealer from Rescuers Down Under, uh. I think. <laughs> Joanna, who don't eat the eggs. Nah. So Goslin, so they're, they're arguing because she, uh, she wants to pick out a pet. And, of course, she's, her choices are not to Drake's standards. She says, I want a real pet, not something you find on spoiled milk. And he says, hey, there's nothing wrong with a slime mold companion. I have fond memories of my childhood fungoid friend. He loved rotten fruit frappes. Sometimes I couldn't tell where the frappe ended and Freddy be, ah, and then he gets cut off and it's in the next panel, uh, two little crocodiles or alligators have latched on to Goslin's pigtails and he's trying to pull them off and he says, let go or you land in the discount luggage department. And then, uh, I don't know, I can hear this in his voice. He says, "Goslin, find something softer and fuzzier. And then Goslin looks over at a tank of baby ducklings, and there's a duckling that has like two little things on its head that look like her pigtails, and it looks like a duck version of her, essentially. She looks at it, oh. she says, Okay, this is just creeping me out. <laughs> <laughs> They're walking down the aisle looking at the animals, and Drake says, There has to be something that is both safe for you and from you. And Goslin says, Maybe a wolf, half bear, half wolf, as long as I can ride it. And then Drake says, how about a turtle? It has built-in armor. And he picks up the turtle, and it looks like a regular turtle. Nothing particularly tiny about it. And Goslin's kind of, like, looking at it. But before he can really do anything else, this random man appears. And he says, unhand that reptile. It's mine. And Drake's like, back off, buddy. That's my daughter's turtle. And the guy is like, hand it over. I saw it first. And Drake's like, I didn't see your name on it. Goslin turns over the turtle, and on its belly it says, "Pack the bungee." And Goslin's like, "Not unless his name is Pack the Bungee. That's weird." <laughs> and then, you know, the Thanos snap. Thanos when he snaps his fingers okay. and everyone disintegrates. She starts disintegrating, and she goes, "I'm disintegrating. Cool beads." <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: brand, brand. It,
1: it really is. So. We find out that she has, while she's holding the turtle, she's been sent forward to the future. So she's now in a clock tower, and Darkwing Not Duck... A single oompa, <laughs> and she's in, the, in a different timeline. She sure is. So she's in a clock tower. Darkwing Duck is fighting with uh, a villain who is dressed like a giant clock, like his face is a clock with a bill and a beard. And he says... And that's a future with no time for crime. I'm here to clean your clock, ChronoDuck. ChronoDuck is a time-related villain. Also, he's holding the time turtle as well. And a little time turner. So ChronoDuck disintegrates because he's holding the turtle. And he says, my clock is running fine, but your time is running out. And Darkwing runs to hit him. He disintegrates, so Darkwing falls over the edge of like I don't know they're in a clock tower like on like a, a catwalk kind of thing oh. so he falls over the edge and dies <laughs> oh R.I.P. Rip So Goslin's holding her time turtle and she says where are we and why does this seem like page 7 action <laughs> Um so
0: she she
1: she saw him fall off the side Yeah she sees building? him she sees him fall and she goes dad and then oh, she, okay. and then she disintegrates again and goes back to the present time in the pet store, and she's like, "Dad," and the guy from earlier, who is obviously Chrono Duck but without mm-hmm. his costume, is like, "I'll take that, thank you," and he snatches the turtle out of her hands, and he says, "Only this turtle is slow enough to crawl between seconds and into the chronoplasm of time," and Darkwing reappears and says, "Great, the slower you are, the easier you are to catch." And Chronoduck says, Fool, I can use the turtle's chronoplasm to travel through time. And Darkwing goes to swing and punch him. He disintegrates, and now he's behind Darkwing, and he says, I just went home, changed clothes, and fixed myself a prostrami sandwich. I am Chronoduck, master of time and clockery. And Darkwing says, Your crime spree is over before it started. And then Chronoduck says, Hardly. I'm already stealing the hourglass diamond because I left an hour ago, and you've already failed to stop me. And then he disintegrates again. So, Darkwing's like that. I'll get ahead of you. There's only one hideout for a time-obsessed villain: the Saint Canard Clock Tower. And then Goslin clings to his leg, and he's like, Goslin, what are you doing? There's a clock-crazy criminal to catch. And she says, you can't chase him, Dad. It's too dangerous, because she saw in the future that he fell to his death. Mm
0: -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. So. She's just got to put a trampoline at the bottom of (laughs) the clock tower. It'll be fine.
1: Yeah. So they're driving in the rat catcher, and Darkwing says, "Uh, you've heard my catchphrase, right? And Goslin says, can't you be undangerous just this once? And. Darkwing says, There's the clock tower. I can drop down from the building next to it and catch Duck by surprise. And Goslin's still going on. She's saying, I saw the future. It doesn't end well. And Darkwing Duck says, Darkwing Duck makes his own future. Bum bum bum. So now we're back high atop the he, same. He didn't our... finish
0: the sentence though. It's like you he, he makes his own future really like a living nightmare. <laughs> it's
1: true. <laughs> So we're back to where Goslin had originally traveled to, page seven action, as she said, and he's facing off against Chronoduck this time, and the same thing happens again. Chronoduck disintegrates, Darkwing falls over, but this time Goslin says, "Hope I understood the turtle," and she throws uh, a bungee rope like a bungee cord, mm. and so he falls and. The rope wraps around his foot. And she says, please, not again. And then he, how do I explain this visually? It stops him, but then it swings him around to the other side of the catwalk. So he ends up behind Duck. Chronoduck. And Chronoduck's okay. still disintegrating. And he says, no one can surprise the master of time. And Goslin says, have you asked your turtle? And he turns over the turtle and it says on its tummy, sproying. And he says, sproying? That makes no sense. And then Darkwing spring jumps up behind him and kicks the crap out of him. And then Chronoduck drops the turtle. Darkwing says, "The only time you'll be doing is behind bars." Quick thinking with that bungee cord, Goslin. And then Goslin says, "Yeah, back in a sec. I have to leave myself a note." So she's the one who originally uh, wrote on the turtle uh, to bring the bungee cord.
0: I thought the turtle was helping her out.
1: Well, the, turtle, oh, the turtle's turtle. kind of sentient. Like, when he, he's holding it and it says spraying on his tummy, the turtle's looking very self-righteous. Like, ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, like, his little turtle hands on his hips. Yeah, he's, he's like, ha. He's like, take that. So we get to the final panel and <laughs> Drake's back in the Mallard household and he's pondering the space continuum. And you know that... uh. You know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia with, like, the Mm Pepe Silva scene Mm -hmm. where he's got, like, all the papers (laughs) and stuff. Basically, Darkwing's doing that, and he's trying to do all these, like, calculations, and he's like, but if I didn't die in the first place, you wouldn't have left yourself a note. But if you didn't leave a note, I must have died. Does this mean there's a me that's dead? And Goslin's holding a, a slime mold that has a little studded collar around it. And she says, Can't help you, Dad. It's time to walk my fungus. <laughs> uh, bah, 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 bah. Yeah, I thought that was a cute story.
0: It's cute. It was the point. Nobody was unnecessarily edgy.
1: Yeah, just classic yeah. Darkwing shenanigans. I guess Goslin technically fine. saw him die, but she seems to be kind of used to that by now, so. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, she's seen a lot. She's seen a lot.
1: She's definitely almost died herself. And, uh, yeah. yeah. When I first read it, I was a little confused because there was time travel and it goes back and forth. But I read it over a second time and I was like, okay, yeah, that totally makes sense.
0: See pictures of this turtle. Okay, how let, he me... Compares.
1: let me send you a picture of the turtle. Yours, I like your design. It is very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I picked the self righteous oh. imagery. He just looks like a regular yeah. turtle. <laughs> he does. Chrono Duck is also technically the first supervillain that Tad Stones has created, like the first new one since the series. So that's kind of oh. neat. Oh, he's just got a literal clock face. Yeah. Hang on, there's one specific. Also, every single time I read this comic, he looks like my psychiatrist. <laughs> and, I can't, no. and I can't not unsee that.
0: He's <laughs> like, like the duck
1: first version of my doctor.
0: There you go. It's Not at all what I was expecting him to look like. And I see uh, Lucifer back there and uh, one jazz cat from the Aristocats and the Siamese cats from
1: Lady and the Tramp. All kinds of delightful cameos.
0: I do like that little chameleon guy in the his little terrarium. He looks very concerned.
1: Here's Goslin slime mold pet.
0: Oh, he's cute.
1: I guess, I don't know what happened to the time turtle after that. I don't know if they put him back into the pet store or you know, I feel like that turtle is probably dangerous so maybe they handed him over to Shush or something.
0: He's his own turtle now. He, he is. He's owned by no one.
1: That's it though. That's, really? that's the annual. So do you have any... It was turtle timed. It was turtle time. Do you have any final thoughts? Um, final thoughts. Uh, this was not as
0: upsetting as uh, <laughs> the other ones so far. Um, yeah, there just seemed to be... Uh, it's like a double-edged sword because it's like... Darkwing was in a show that had a super lot of female characters, as we've discussed but I don't think any of the ones that have been introduced in the comics so far have done anything to um, enrich the cast of characters. Claire seems like she could have been okay, but she they just really didn't do anything with her other than have her be like the nice girl that gives the exposition. I don't know, it just... I feel like Packerjack, I don't know. They... they, they I mean, of course, I'm not looking at it. I'm not reading it, so I don't really know. He just doesn't seem very fun in these comics. It's just like they're leaning into that, like, crazy Joker thing, which is effective when it's done right, but it just seems like more like, oh, he's so menacing and crazy and not, like, goofy. Any of it, like, even the Joker, when they do that with him, I don't like him as much as, like, the Mark Hamill Batman the Animated Series Joker, who's just, you know, out of his mind and enjoying his life.
1: <laughs> I'm going to send now, you, yeah, I'll send you a couple pictures so you can actually see what these characters look like. I feel like my descriptions probably don't match up to what you're seeing mentally in your head, but that's okay. I really like the art style.
0: All right, because it's a different, and this is a very Pepe Silvia picture here of Drake. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's very cute.
1: And you can see what Clara looks like in that imagery. Yeah. I'll show you the banana bird.
0: I don't really see it as much in this, the Claire story, but there's a. Like. The Darkwing comics are very blue. If that makes any sense.
1: Like they have a bluish seems... hue to them?
0: Yeah. Like, it, I don't know. It's like, um, I don't know why. It's like, for me, it just seems like every that's going on in the in these comics these panels that i've seen is all very like blue and it should be more colorful like these are very colorful
1: yeah you can see that he was trying to be metaphorical like hard and edgy sharp spiky mr banana brain versus the soft playful old school mr banana brain and he i don't know I find they try to do that a lot in the story. We talked about that in Foul Disposition a while back where, you know, Darkwing was trying to balance his home life, his regular, like, citizen life with his crime-fighting life, and they did that whole thing where he was, like, half Darkwing and half Drake Mallard, and he pulled himself Mm, out of the closet. Yes. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. Oh, Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, a little
0: too um, heavy-handed half. But yeah, that
1: is that is pretty much the annual.
0: Okay. We did it, and it's mm-hmm. only been
1: an hour and 30 minutes. Look at us. Look at that. Look at us. And uh, you did uh, wonderful voices.
0: Uh, thank you for telling me all about these and uh, rewriting the time turtle so that he has his own adventures. <laughs> and we will have a tiny little top hat. I look forward and, to uh, it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So what's up next
1: uh i think we're going to do fan mail next week okay or should i say reader mail i feel like fan mm-hmm. mail is a little a little too egotistical of me we have well, if we print, if we print it
0: out and fold it up then we can fan ourselves with it
1: all right i'll take that
0: all right yeah all right so uh, yeah, i'll just uh i'll print them out and mail them to you and then we can fan ourselves with mail What's the next thing that's the comics?
1: Uh, The next arc is the... uh, What do you call it? Votey, vote, voter. Uh, What's the word? Campaign. (laughs) Votey, vote, (laughs) voter. (laughs) I think that's right. I think that's what we call it. Uh, It's campaign carnage, which is not any better than any of the other stories. I don't know. Did you want to do that immediately or did you want to take a break with something else like I, I want to make sure it's not too unbalanced No, I'm good to keep going
0: I mean we uh this was a nice reprieve from the usual levels of things so we'll just yeah, rip that
1: band-aid any... right
0: off yeah so keep we'll going. Do some listener mail next next time and then we can barrel ahead full of regret <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Woo! And then after that, I think is probably your favorite one, which is the the crossover one.
1: I think it is. Mm, yeah, I think. Why? I'm kind of blanking, but yeah, I want to say the crossover comes after that. And then maybe possibly I'll get to be enraged over the fate of Gizmoduck,
0: but we'll see in a few episodes, friends. Uh, But yeah, but until then, Prime doesn't sleep and neither do we. Why don't you bring us out with a little bit of anti-banana brain?
1: I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect.